Ditto spending money, money to burn, money that you did what not talk? necessarily about earn. making money in this market environment. We've got about uh, 10 minutes left just in today's trading session. Our next guest says investors are best served by watching for signs of recession as that is what is most likely to derail this bull market. Let's bring in Chris Zaccarelli, Chief Investment Officer at Cornerstone Financial Partners, uh, and we find him on the phone in Charlotte, North Carolina. Chris, nice to have you here. Talk to us about watching for signs of recession. First of all, is it that you anticipate that a recession is more likely to happen sooner rather than later? No, that's not the case at all. I don't expect that we're going to see a recession anytime soon. I'm just saying, as we move kind of from that that point of having quantitative easing for the past nine years towards quantitative tightening, we're entering a new phase. And really, without all the liquidity from the U.S. Central Bank at our at our backs, what's most likely going to derail this bull market, as, as we were mentioning in the intro, was uh, the next recession, whenever that may be. Now, I think, you know, looking for signs of recession right now, you could probably look four to six months out at any given point in time. And right now, it seems like the coast is clear. So I wouldn't see anything for the next four to six months. But that mm-hmm. being said, it could be another couple of years before we have another recession. There's nothing to say that one is imminent. Chris, talk to us about the investors that are coming into you guys and asking for advice um, or asking you questions. What is the thing that most often pops up? Well, the thing that people are most worried about is just seeing news of all-time highs. So whether that's the Dow, whether that's the S&P 500, people keep saying stocks have run so far so fast, and they're at all-time highs, should we be worried? And the answer that we give to most of our clients is, again, it's not the level of, of, of equities that's really the problem. It's just a question of whether or not earnings will continue and whether or not valuations will continue to go higher. Um, both of those are not necessarily easy to forecast, but in general, you know, we have momentum at our back. There's a global uh, expansion going on. So not only is the U.S. continuing to recover from the global financial crisis, but the rest of the world is continuing to recover as well and actually picking up speed. So all of those things from a fundamental basis are good. Um, you know, valuations are a little bit higher than average. That's a sign of caution potentially. But we don't believe that necessarily valuations getting slightly higher from here are, are going to necessarily knock the market down and keep it down. We think, again, what's most likely to knock stocks down and keep them down would be something like a recession or something where we'd be, he- we'd be headed into a, a prolonged period of earnings contraction. And right. at that point, you know, at this point, we don't really see that. We've heard this, you know, several times by guests, you know, and this goes back to the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, and how they're saying that low interest rate stimulus efforts are helping those 45 countries that are tracked by the OECD expand and sink for the first time in 10 years, that they're all on pace to grow in 2017. Um, you know, it is pretty remarkable that even while the growth while the growth rates don't feel terrific, uh, we are seeing kind of global growth happen. That's true. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, this global growth and this synchronized recovery is unprecedented in the sense that you have all of those countries improving at the same time. Typically, different parts of the world are in expansion, other parts of the world are in contraction. Um, but but it is most likely, you know, that that coordinated stimulus by all the central banks around the world, or at least the largest ones, the U.S. Fed, the ECB, the Bank of Japan, and, and uh, Bank of China. And those those central banks really have put the world awash in liquidity, and that's definitely helped. So tell me how you guys, I mean, I know you've got clients who come in and everybody's got their individual goals and so on and so forth. So you have to kind of cater portfolios to those individual investors. But what are some of the broader uh, investment themes that you think will hold uh, for the next, uh, at least for the next 12 months? 
Well, the themes that we continue to to put forth, you know, are ones that we've had since the beginning of this year, which is that, you know, given where we are in the cycle, valuations in the United States are a little bit higher than where they are in Europe. We've been pushing uh, international investments, and that's the one thing that we find across all investors. There's definitely a home country bias where most people that come to us are overexposed to U.S. equities much less so to Europe, uh, Asia, and especially emerging markets. So uh, to your point, not all inve- it's not appropriate for all investors to have higher beta equities like, uh, like emerging markets and some of the more, more small caps and, and risky type areas. But to the extent that we can increase international exposure in general, that's something we'll do. And for our more conservative clients, that'll typically be developed world equities like, like Europe and like Japan. Um, for our clients who have a little bit of a, a higher risk tolerance, we'll also be adding some emerging markets. And so that's something that we believe will continue just because the growth story outside the U.S. appears to be even better than the growth story within the U.S. And because the U.S. was really ahead of the curve uh, of all the rest of the global economies and absolutely stock markets, that's why we've been rotating slightly out of the U.S. and putting a little bit more money um, internationally. So that's one big theme. What do you say, though, to investors who say, you know, we see the S&P, we see the the market averages in the U.S. continue to (laughs) kind of grind higher and higher, uh, and we see new records? Um, what do you say to them that it's still time to take money off the table, if you will? Well, again, the idea for us is, is not necessarily to reduce equity exposure per se, but it is, yes, to rotate slightly out of the U.S. For those people who are overexposed to the U.S., effectively you're selling high uh, in the U.S. and you're buying a little bit lower internationally. So we are recommending that you reduce some of your U.S. exposure, replace it with international exposure, but by no means will be re- reducing the equity exposure. We're just reallocating it um, since that we see are growing the quickest. And you did say developed overseas. Germany had their elections, a bit of a surprise to say the least. Uh, and while a win, technically not a great great win uh, for Angela Merkel. Uh, what's your stance on Germany? Just got about 30 seconds. Sure. Uh, you know, for, for Germany, I do think the big picture is that Angela Merkel was able to hold on to power. Um, we were seeing a big increase in nationalism and protectionism, and that's something that we've seen around the world, whether that's in the United States, whether it's in the U.K. over Brexit. So that's also appearing in Germany as well. It's something worth watching. It's something that you need to take into account as an investor. It's slightly elevated risk. But in general, with, with Merkel at the helm and with the German economy is doing as well as it has, I think Germany is still a great place to invest. All right. We're going to run. Hey, Thanks so much for your uh, thoughts. Chris Seccarelli, he's Chief Investment Officer at Cornerstone Financial Partners.